0: Good morning. My name is Maureen Brown and it is a privilege to be with you this morning on this fourth Sunday of Advent. Advent. Loved that last worship psalm. We have lit the candle of hope, love, peace, and now today, joy. Joy can be contagious and joy can be powerful. However, I want to acknowledge that Joy can be a difficult word, a difficult emotion, and for some, especially during this season. We have songs like, it's the most wonderful time of the year, and I'm not going to sing, You'll, if I did, you'd know why I'm not a worship leader, but you know, with kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer, that's a song for this season, and it goes on to say it's the hap-happiest season of all. Sometimes that can be hard. We have the song, Have a Holly Jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. And I hope that even if you are going through difficult circumstances, those songs do help. But sometimes they can be hard. And sometimes it's hard to hide how we were feeling even when we try. Because we are born with emotions. We are emotional beings. And we have the ability to communicate through our emotions without words. Words are beautiful, but we can communicate a lot without words. And if you have spent any time with babies, you know that full well. Babies can tell you exactly how they are feeling without using words. They can use other sounds. They can use facial expressions. And since we have children in the room today, and I want everybody that's a child, now is your time. If you're coloring or if you're reading or whatever you're doing, now look up. Because this is for you. But I do think, because I enjoyed it as an adult, that it will be for those that brought you as well. So what we're going to do is we're going to play a little game. We wouldn't normally play this kind of a game on a normal service, but we're playing it because we have kids in the room. There's not small groups today. And the game is called this. What is this baby communicating through the emotion shown on their face? So that's the game. And what you need to do is, kids, you might want to talk to your mom and dad or whoever brought you because you can talk and decide, what do you think that baby is really trying to say? I'm going to bring up a picture. There's a thought cloud. You guys come up with your best answer. Let's put up the first picture of a baby. Okay. <laughs> kids, tell your parents, about what do you think that baby is trying to communicate on that face? Anybody yell something out? Happy? Okay, someone thinks it might look crying. Does anyone see? you know what? Okay, isn't this interesting? Sometimes we don't know what... Yeah, this baby is actually... This was a picture of supposed to be happy. They were so happy, it was sheer joy. So it's like, this is the best. I can hardly stand it. I can hardly contain it. Now, let's go to the next picture of the baby. (laughs) Sad, someone's saying sad over there. Sad, anyone else? Oh, I hear good stuff. Here's what I thought for the thought cloud. I am going to lose it. You know, this is the parents that this is the time we run them out of the room because I'm on the edge of a meltdown. You need to stop it now. That's what I felt for that thought cloud. Okay, let's go to the next baby. Oh, what is that baby communicating? tired. I saw someone say tired. I love that. In that thought cloud, I thought, I'm so tired, just so tired. Though, how many of you are going to yawn too? Because that is contagious as well. Can't see it through your masks, but I know you are. And this baby can't think of anything but sleep. The trick for that parent is to get them actually to sleep. Okay, let's go to the next baby. (gasps) What do you think that baby is communicating with their face? Surprise, someone said surprise. Yes, surprise, surprise, yes. You know what, I thought in that thought cloud it could be, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, I'm shocked, wow. That's a surprise. Okay, let's go to the next baby. Yeah, I heard someone say sad. Sad, yeah, sad. In the thought cloud for me, I was thinking that this baby was perhaps saying, this is too much. I'm not sure if it's something that's making me sad or if I'm just having a really bad hair day. (laughs) With those little frizzles up top, but yeah, sad. All right, I love this one. Kids, get ready. This next face. (gasps) What do you think that baby's feeling like? happy? Is there another thought? Oh, I'm hearing lots of good ones. You know what I thought? I was looking at that. I was thinking, I think that baby's proud. Proud as punch because look at these two teeth that I'm growing. Just such, ple- so pleased with him or herself. Now, the last one we have before we put it up there. There's two strong emotions in this one. And sometimes this can happen to us as adults in community too. So let's put this picture up. There's two strong emotions there. So the baby on this side, crying, very sad. Have you ever been sad when someone in your community says what this one is saying? What do you think that one's saying? (laughs) Nothing. I think the thought cloud for that one is like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> exactly what we want to hear when we're crying. What is wrong with you? Not what we want to hear when we're crying. Thank you, everyone, for participating in that. We are emotional beings. And today we're focusing on joy. Someone very close to me used this phrase recently and said, I just don't feel my holly jolly like I have in the past. It's a pretty big thing to say. I just, I don't know what it is, but there's something that I'm just not feeling it. This year has stretched us in the ability to hold space for both sides of any feeling, right? We have been encouraged and we have been discouraged. We have felt hope and been hopeful and we have felt despair. We have felt joy and we have felt sadness. It's been said that perhaps the word for 2021 is the word languishing, not sure if you've read this, but it relates a little bit to COVID fatigue, but it's also this. It's a name for the blah you may be feeling. Avoid between depression and flourishing in the absence of well-being. It can dull your motivation and your focus, and it may be the dominant emotion of 2021. Now, I that there's not a, I don't have a bunch of research based on that. I just see that flying around. So do do with that what you will. I hope that's not your place, but it may be some. And today we're going to dig into joy in the light of eternity. Today, a little later on in the service, we're going to hear a testimony from a couple in our congregation. And through the message God has laid, I hope, on my heart, because every time I preach, I say, Lord, you, Holy Spirit, you are the true teacher. Have the things of me fall away and have the things that are you. Have those be the things that stick and stay. I would never teach if I didn't know The true teacher is the Holy Spirit, but I hope from that message and the power of the testimony we will hear this morning, I pray that we will sense God's presence in a way that allows us to experience all four words of Advent, joy, peace, love, and hope. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you. Thank you for everyone in the room. I thank you for all those joining us online and those that will join online later and watch Lord, I just trust you as a true teacher. So, Lord, will you just speak to us this morning? Will you help us to experience the things that only you can give God? Only you. Through this message, the word of our testimony, and ultimately, Lord, in Revelations it says, the enemy is defeated by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Jesus, in the word of our testimony. So we ask for your presence this morning. Pray this in your name. Amen okay we're going to go to luke luke 1 tells us a story of a man named zachariah and his wife elizabeth their story reminds us of what it's like to move from sadness to joy they were parents of john the baptist who was sent to prepare the way for jesus the messiah but what makes this story interesting is that Zechariah and elizabeth were old When Elizabeth became pregnant, she was way beyond childbearing years. But, the Bible tells us, she was overjoyed and said, the Lord has done this for me. To really understand Elizabeth's joy, we have to understand a little bit of her pain, the other side, a little bit. So for the ancient Jews, at that time, for the ancient Jews, children were really significant. Children allowed a family to pass on its name and its heritage. They provided more hands to learn the trade or the craft that would provide for the family. But most importantly, for the ancient Jews, children were viewed as a gift from God and a sign of God's favor. So to be childless then, in that time in history... I'm speaking of that time in history, was a great source of frustration, sorrow, and at times for them, shame. At first, Elizabeth might have been sad because she couldn't get pregnant. But gradually, year after year, her hope would have slowly died as she came to terms with the fact that for some reason she would not have a child, and she would have known this despair for years. And then... And then on an ordinary day with Zachariah working in the temple, the angel Gabriel showed up with a miraculous message and said, Zachariah, he couldn't even tell his wife because when the angel said this to Zachariah, he doubted. And so um, he lost his ability to speak until the baby was born. And it seems Elizabeth had an easier time accepting the miraculous news. Elizabeth spent her first five months in seclusion, and we're not, the Bible really doesn't tell us why, there's been a couple of guesses on why she might have done that. Maybe she knew no one would believe her, so she wanted to wait until she was showing. Or maybe it was her way of sharing in her husband's silence. We're not sure, but, but she, was, uh, she was in seclusion for about five months. But what we do know is that in her sixth month of pregnancy, Elizabeth experienced a deep, deep encounter with joy brought by the coming Messiah. Because the angel Gabriel had also come to a young woman named Mary. And now you may be thinking, yeah, we know that story. Yeah, you can move on. But every year when I go to the Christmas story, I'm in awe again of the miraculous part of it and the truths of the birth of Jesus and the wonder and just the awe of it all. And I would encourage you, this past week as a staff, we took a few minutes and we watched the Chosen series, the Christmas part with Mary and Joseph. If you, if you have access to that, in, well, and everyone can, there's free access to that, it's just really powerful to, to watch that through that lens in Chosen, in that Chosen series. But Gabriel's message began to marry like this, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was troubled and wondered um, what's going on. Then the angel said, as a lot of angels say, it seems in the Bible, don't be afraid, Mary. Don't be afraid. You have found favor with God, and you will conceive and give birth to a son, and he will be great, and we be called Son of the Most High. So Mary answered, how, asked, how can this be? She knew, I'm, how can this be? In Luke 1.35, it says, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. I've always been intrigued, and you help, will have potent, possibly heard me speak on this before, but that word overshadow. What is that overshadow? That the, the, um, she would be overshadowed by the Most High. So it may seem like a strange word, but the Greek word for the word overshadow is episkiazo. Epischiazo. This word is used several times in Scripture to indicate God's presence. And so, for example, in Exodus forty thirty-five, some of you may be familiar with the story when the Israelites complete the construction of the tabernacle. The cloud of God's glory settles on it. And so the Greek word in the translation of the Old Testament at that time, it uses the same word, epischiazo, as that cloud settled. In Luke 9, 34, the same word is used when a cloud overshadows Peter, James, and John on the Mount of Transfiguration, right before God speaks to them out of the cloud. So overshadow draws attention to the miracle of God's presence, epischiazo. Mary didn't ask for a sign, but Gabriel gives her one, telling her of Elizabeth's pregnancy. And I love this part. I really love this part because it reminds me of how much we need community. How we need to encourage one another. How we need to celebrate together, but also how we need to hold each other's burdens, struggles, and grief. And allow space for both, even at the same time. How powerful it can be just connecting with someone that gets you and listens and hears your story. Luke 1:36 to 37 says, And behold, even your relative Elizabeth herself has conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called infertile is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. Verse 37 is worded different in various translations. This nothing is impossible with God has said, for the word of God will never fail, the NLT tells us. God's word will never fail. So even if it seems impossible we remember that nothing is impossible with God. As a church, we have felt led this year to focus on hearing each other's stories. Our testimonies, telling each other, sharing what God is doing in our life. We've been separated there's been this pulling apart. There's been some isolating from each other. And so we thought if we could just hear each other's stories and hope that hearing each other's stories would bring us closer together. And it has. We've tried to, you will know, we've had stories of testimony from the beginning of September. And today, we're privileged again with a story. I prayed, but I want to remind us that in Revelations 12, 11, it says that the enemy is defeated by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. There is power in sharing our stories. Today we have a couple from our community as willing to share their story. A very personal, vulnerable testimony of how God carried them through one of the most difficult seasons of their lives. Their sharing is truly a gift to us as we listen in a way that honors their journey.
1: Hi, my name is Jordan, and this is my wife, Brita. We've been attending Forest Grove for a little over six years now. We originally started coming because of some mutual friends, but quickly became involved in small groups, Alpha, as well as Grove Kids. We're very thankful to have made Forest Grove our our church home. Uh, I'm currently working as a project manager here in Saskatoon, and Brita works as a teacher, uh, but is currently on maternity leave.
2: The last year and a half of our life has been quite an emotional roller coaster. We've experienced the most joy we've experienced, as well as the deepest grief with losing our first daughter when I was 32 weeks pregnant and we didn't know why we lost her.
1: After not feeling the baby move for a little while, we headed to the hospital where um, they confirmed our, our worst fears that there was no heartbeat and um, that we had lost the baby um, at about 32 weeks pregnant. So after about 48 hours of induced labor, um, Brita gave birth to our first baby girl, Sophie Hope um, who was born on July 10th, 2020.
2: Leaving the hospital without Sophie was truly heartbreaking because she felt just so perfect in our arms and it was heartbreaking then and it still is heartbreaking, knowing that we didn't get to bring her home.
1: Coming home from the hospital set off the, the practical reality of coming home to a house that was ready to welcome a baby, but unfortunately we, we were unable to. Um, this set off the journey of, of navigating through through grief and trying to process through that together. It was definitely the start of a, a difficult season of life for both of us.
2: After About three months after we lost Sophie, we found out that I was pregnant again, which was a huge answer to prayer. Um, that triggered tons of emotions from a lot of hope, but so much fear as well as still trying to process the recent trauma that we've experienced, and all while trying to comfort each other through the grief process and hopefully welcoming another baby soon.
1: And after nine long months, uh, we were very excited to meet Savannah Ruby, who has been with us here now for about five five or six months, and uh, she's been letting up her home ever since.
2: Throughout the last year and a half, I have learned so much. Um, first and foremost, I've learned to trust God and His Word. Um, The verse Romans 8, 18 was shared with me by a number of friends, which reads, The pain you are experiencing is nothing compared to the joy that is coming. And that is a verse that I held on to throughout my uh, pregnancy with Savannah because I knew that I could trust God, that joy was coming, but I didn't know if that joy would be Savannah or not. Learning to trust God has just been so huge in this journey. Um, I've learned to trust the relationships that he's given to me and He's allowed me to trust that it's okay to be vulnerable with others. It's okay to be vulnerable and that that leads to uh, deep relationships, which are huge in the processing of the grief that we've been dealing with. Um, God has given us just so many people in our community that I'm so grateful for, and I'm grateful that He um, put them in our life, both for family and friends, as well as our church community. I've experienced God's love and care in so many ways. Uh, The best way that I can describe it is that God walks with us in the tension of two extremes from the most joy to the deepest grief and he walks with us as we are transitioning through that. Um, God has been with us as we have welcomed both of our daughters and both of those daughters have given us a lot of joy and so much sadness with losing Sophie. God's presence was so strong when We were in the hospital and I delivered a stillborn baby. But he gave me an indescribable amount of peace as I got to hold her in my arms and an indescribable amount of love. I feel God's strength and presence every day as I get to watch Savannah grow. And it's amazing that he can be with us as we experience the highs and lows and the joy and grief and, learning that it's okay to feel both the highs and the lows, and the grief and the joy at the same time, is something that I've learned and that God has given me. I've experienced God's love by feeling God's presence as he gave us peace in the hospital where we experience trauma. He has the ability to turn a place of grief and trauma into a place where we experience so much love, peace, the comfort of healthcare workers and their kindness, and that's just an indescribable feeling that we had in the hospital that I can only attest to God.
1: As I reflect on um, the past 18 months, one thing that stands out so clearly that I feel like I've learned is um, just the power of prayer and and the tangible experience that that has led to just in terms of peace. Uh, While we were still in the hospital, word quickly got out about the loss of Sophie and, and although we maybe didn't hear from a lot of people, we knew they were praying. And, as I think back to that time it it's it's hard to describe, but again it's just one of the most tangible experiences I think of prayer that i've I've really ever experienced, just in terms of the uh, the amount of peace that we were able to feel in that situation in the moment when there, there shouldn't be much peace. Uh, I can so vividly remember just feeling a uh, sense of calm and and uh, that God was in control of the situation even though we had a lot of questions and there was a lot of unknowns. So that was certainly one thing that I, that I really remember learning and certainly that I, that stands out as I, I reflect on this. Um, when I think about God's love and care through this season, uh, there's a number of ways that, it, that, it, that his love has shone through. Uh, One is certainly through Brita. I I have great respect and and admiration for the way that she has handled this, um, both in processing her own grief, uh, but then also supporting me through that. Um, I truly believe God's love has has shone through through Brita, both for myself and others as as she's handled this. Um, And I know he's walking alongside us in that. So another way that I felt God's love and care is just through the simple acts of kindness of others. both from friends and family and extended community, but also just the the medical professionals that, that were with us in the hospital. Uh, it's definitely not lost on me how, how such simple acts of kindness can be, again, God's love showing through. Uh, and it was certainly an encouragement to me in, in those moments. The last mm-hmm. thing that Breed and I definitely just want to share and, and how we experienced God's love through this time was so, so strongly through community. Um, God's love shone so deeply through, again, close family and close friends, but even the broader community, we know that there was people praying, and again, that doesn't go unnoticed. We felt that as we've talked about, Um, and the power of community has just been so strong. For us, we both feel like this was such a huge encouragement for us, Uh, has led us to wanna be intentional with community as well. And and again, it's just a reminder for us that, the community that you are journeying with, whatever side of, I guess, the coin you're on, is just such a such an encouragement to us. I think the last thing I want to say is just thank Forest Grove for the opportunity to, uh, to share our story and to share Sophie uh, with you all. Um, you know, this is our journey and a, and a part of it, and we just hope that some sliver of it can be an encouragement to, to someone. But also just that, uh, you know, we can all um, rest assured in the hope of what is to come.
0: I think our, uh, our clap are just our arms wrapping around them. And, this, and so, congregation, I just feel led, those in the room and online. Can we just take a few seconds of silence just to hold their story and to pray as you feel led? Just a few seconds of silence. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan and Brita, for sharing your story. The births of your daughters, Sophie Hope and Savannah Ruby. The journey that God carried you through and continues to carry you on. There are so many things that speak to us about God through their story. So many things, and I know there will have been different phrases that jumped out at you that God just impressed upon you in their testimony, but I just want to draw out a couple for us to reflect on together. Brita said, I have learned to trust God and his word. What does that mean for you? they said they have felt they felt God walking with them in the tension of those two extremes and perhaps for you this season there's two extremes but the reality that God can walk with us and it's okay to hold both of them from the most joy and the deepest grief God was with them God can be with us God's presence was so strong this sense of calm that they felt deeply at different times, only God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, this indescribable amount of peace of love that they said we can only attest to God because it doesn't make sense. This peace of community, that they experienced God's love and care so strongly through community, and that prayer, they experienced the most tangible uh, experience of prayer that they've ever felt. I can't help but notice at the end when Jordan was talking about, you know, never underestimate the power of a simple act of kindness. And I would say that simple act of kindness is the Holy Spirit nudging us and nudging us to respond when He wants us to do those simple acts of kindness. I appreciate that they said there's lots of questions and lots of unknowns, so whatever you're walking through, there might be lots of questions and lots of unknown, and they don't have all the answers, but they have this sense of God's presence and that he was in control. Only God could do as they testified, turn a place of grief and trauma to a place where we experience God's peace and comfort only God. So I don't know each of your circumstances today. And some of you might be saying, this doesn't seem like a message on joy, but it really is because true joy can come from God in times of deep, deep, hard circumstances. I do know some because some of you have shared the deep places that you're in, but I also know that in the room and online, we have people in places of joy people celebrating things so how can we as a community also make space for both only god and god knows isaiah 9:6 says for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What do you need today? Do you need that Wonderful Counselor? Do you need that Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, or the Prince of Peace? Because these things are possible. They are possible because God sent his son to earth as a baby. Fully human and fully God. He died on the cross for us, paid the penalty for our sin, was buried and rose again. Jordan and Brita's verse from Romans is so powerful. She shared it as a pain you were experiencing is nothing compared to the joy that is coming. In the NLT version, it shares it this way, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Jordan's last line, and I really want to hold it, we rest assured in the hope of what is to come. And that might be in our circumstances here on earth, and that might be in eternity, the Apostle Paul, he exemplified suffering throughout his ministry. Some of you know his story. He was beaten, he was shipwrecked, he was imprisoned, and he still had joy? He called it being full of sorrow and yet rejoicing in 2 Corinthians. So how could Paul experience joy with what was going on? How could Jordan and Brita experience God's love and peace with what was going on? I think Charles Spurgeon, a great theologian, said it well when he said this. Believers are not dependent on their circumstances. Their joy comes not from what they have, but from what they are. Not from where they are, but from whose they are. Not from what they enjoy, but from that which was suffered for them by their Lord. If we want to experience this, it might be helpful to ask and reflect on this question. Do I just like the story of Christmas because it makes me feel good for a bit? Or do I actually accept and believe that good news for all people? Who Jesus is, why God sent him to earth, what he was born to do, and what he did for us on the cross. If I do believe that, we will still at times be struggling because we all struggle. So then maybe we can reflect on how can I grow and how can I learn to trust God and his word? Maybe the question is, am I actually spending time in his word? That's often my question for myself. Do I need to build some spiritual disciplines into my life? Am I trusting the relationships or the community that he has giving, given me? Breeda talked about learning to be vulnerable in those relationships. So maybe you can ask yourself this question. Do I need to honestly share and open up with someone so that they can pray for me and help? Carry me in their prayers? Am I responding to the nudges of the Holy Spirit? Because we never want to underestimate the power of a simple act of kindness. I'd like to call the worship team up. And I just close with this On the night of his birth, God sent angels to shepherds living out in the fields. And the Bible tells us that the angel appeared and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. In Luke 2, 10 and 11, the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, because I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. During Christmas, we celebrate the first coming of the Lord because it's the beginning of the good news. But we joyfully expect his second coming when he will reign forever and experience the fullness of his joy in eternity. So we truly can say the words joy to the world, the Lord has come. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time together. Lord, I, uh, I know you know each and every person both in this room, online now, and those who will listen later. Lord, will you help us to trust you and your word? Help Christmas this year to be more than just a good feeling or more than just a dulling of our emotions. Lord, for those that don't know you in a personal way, I pray that they would reach out to, to you so that you can show them the way to new life in you, life that offers love, joy, peace, and hope. Help each of us to truly know what it means to make room in our hearts for you. And as we sing, Lord, and as we worship you now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would touch us with your presence and your power this morning and throughout this Christmas season. I pray these things in your name, Lord. Amen.